tribal trails The Son of God, He is near He chose to walk with us These tribal trails Hello and welcome to Tribal Trails. Today we have Jonathan Marasti as our guest. This young man talks about the radical change in his life. Well, hi, Jonathan. Uh, welcome here. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've known you for a lot of years, but uh, the people watching aren't going to know you. So uh, why don't you tell me uh, just a little bit about your story? Where did you uh, grow up? And uh, just kind of a little bit about who you are so the people will know you. I grew up in British Columbia. And there I lived with my, my mother and my stepdad. And then we moved out here to Big River First Nation, and I started living with my grandmother. My um, mom started doing drugs out there, which was like something that impacted my life pretty rank, like not in a good way. Um, that caused us to get taken away into social services, which made us go to our grandparents. But before that, um, we got separated my mom and dad separated because my dad was a drunk and he would beat my mom every like time he drank or like she left and came back. <clears throat> so like that caused a uh, childhood trauma, I guess. But like that's a bit about like my family struggles and like I moved mm -hmm. to my grandma's and that's where I uh, started getting more depressed because of that family struggles as a kid. Mm -hmm. And that led me to doing drugs, alcohol and stuff. And um, I kind of moved out from my grandma's at 16, which led me to go to move to a, one of my childhood friends' houses. And there I was kind of getting to, yeah, drugs and alcohol more. And like, that's where I practically lived till I was 18. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, your journey, uh, you know, a little bit about when you came to know the Lord. Well, that goes back to, like, when I moved here to Big River First Nation. My uh, grandmother, she first brought me to camp my first summer being in Saskatchewan. And how old were you when that was? I was nine years old at that time, and that summer is when I got led to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then did you keep going to Bible camp for a few years, or was that your only year going? Well... From nine years old, I started coming to camp every summer. And even this summer, I came to camp, and I am 20 years old now. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good. And then, uh, and then when, at nine, you gave your life to the Lord, uh, why don't you tell me what it's been like, you know, to, to just be a Christian, uh, growing up on the reserve, uh, living at your grandmother's house, and then uh, even tell a little bit about that, what it was like living there. Well, just like every other Christian, we go through struggles and like not everything will be perfect. And I would uh, go and go to camp, have that spiritual high coming home. And then like it would just keep on depleting and just keep going back and forth. So like I'd just be like, yes, I'm Christian. Yes, I could do this. And then like I would just go downhill every time. And now that I'm older, I feel like I could do better, which is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and as you say that, um, when do you think that changed in your life where you felt like you could be doing better, you know, that maybe those spiritual highs ended up lasting longer than just a short time after camp? Well, this happened back in 2019. It was like my graduation year. I um, came to camp fairly depressed and stuff, and 
everyone around the camp started supporting me spiritually, mentally, and physically. There's like a lot of people who impacted yeah. my life. Uh, if somebody came to you right now and says, what does Big River Bible Camp mean to you? What would your answer be? Uh, my answer would be, this place is like home. That you could build relationships with all those around you and that no matter what, they are like a family. We're all together and we all have a thing we are meant to do within this place. And so what do you think would draw people to Big River Bible Camp? Well, for those who do have a family, they could just like be like, ooh, I got another one. And for those who don't, it'd just be like, I love this. This feels like a real place that I could be loved unconditionally. Yeah. And so the last couple of years, what have you been doing with your life? Well, for the last couple of years, I've been going to Nippon Bible College. Going there is actually pretty good because it actually helped me with my spiritual walk as well. So what is something, you know, as a young native Christian that you would want to tell the people watching today, uh, you know, just about your story, your journey that you could encourage somebody today? Well, no matter what you go through, God will always be there. Like you may think that you could hide from him, but you can't because no matter what, God will be there for you because he's God. He loves you. He loved you first. And he will never stop loving you no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so important. And I think something that's been in your story, just share some of the struggles that you've went through and the things that have kept drawing you back to the Lord. Well, growing up, um, I had uh, been going to drugs and alcohol a lot, and um, I'd always turn to that instead of God, so that kind of made a big impact on my life for going away from him which was kind of bad so that's one of the struggles and like I kept trying to do everything on my own instead of going to God which kind of kept on leading to failure and mistakes and like depression so it's pretty good that um I'm starting to turn to God instead of being like oh I could do this myself Mm -hmm. and so um I know how much you like camp and getting involved in games and different things and how do you see yourself as a role model uh, to other young First Nations kids? Well, I feel as if I could be a good role model by leading them and being um, mature, I guess, <laughs> sometimes. But like, another thing is like helping them by encouraging them as well. Mm-hmm. When you were 18, you were at camp. Um, but what was for you, the wake-up call, you know, what brought you to that point to realize, you know, even without our, the other people's help, that you needed the Lord? You know, what, what brought you to that? Well, that summer, like I said, I graduated. I um, was drinking and, like, to the point where I got really depressed again. And um, I tried to kill myself that summer. And I did a prayer before I, I tried. I prayed to God. I was like, God, if I am meant to do something for you, if I am meant to be alive still, save me. And that's when I attempted, and um, I woke up inside my bed. And that was the morning of going to teen camp. So I woke up, acted like nothing happened, and I just went home to my grandma. I was like, well, I guess I'll go to camp now, see what God has for me. Mm-hmm. And that really changed uh, your life moving forward, right? You know, and, and uh, 
I know you wanted to go to Bible school that fall, uh, and it didn't work out. And how did that make you feel? Well, it made me feel like I should go back to school and try harder and be able to like finish my education because I did not completely graduate. My reserve said I did, but I did not have the right credits I should have for Bible college. So mm-hmm. I went to do school online, and I completed it, and I got through it, which led me to go to Bible college the following year, which mm-hmm. was my freshman year last year. Mm-hmm. And so what are some things that you've been learning you know, at Bible college, maybe about yourself or God's Word or just you know, that you've been learning even just about God you know, over, over this last two years of being in Bible college? Well, over these last two years, I've learned that I cannot do anything by myself because I tend to try doing things myself a lot, and it usually sucks, and I usually, like, I don't know, do things on out of my own selfish ambitions, which is not good as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, this year has taught me that, like, I try to lean on other people more than God, and God's just like, nope, you got to lean on me. <laughs> so is there a favorite scripture or something that's, you know, helped you through, you know, just whether it be your younger years or, you know, more into, into your young adult life or, you know, even something that's maybe helped you get through Bible college? Well, there's James 1, verse 2 and 3. Uh, I'm going to, like, grab a Bible right here, real swift. Dear brothers, when troubles of many any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll become perfect and complete, needing nothing. Mm-hmm. The reason that verse comes to mind is because, like, I've been tested a lot throughout my whole life. And, like, every time it just builds my uh, endurance for the faith. And I quite enjoy, like, how God does that for me. Because without that testing, I feel like my faith would not be growing. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. I mean, you know, because I've known your story uh, for a lot of years, and I, w- I would say that that's a, a very applicable verse in your life. You know, and I think to me when I, you know, asked earlier, what's something that you could show the other generations? Because, you know, your story is similar to a lot of other people. And and to me, it is that, that in endurance, you know, and that, you know, and I mean, you consider running, you know, it's just not a sprint, you know, this race of life that we're on isn't just quick and, you know, and everything. It's, it's you know, we got to pace ourselves, right? And prepare ourselves and to make it, you know, for enduring is by, you know, in our spiritual walk, getting in the, into the God's word and helping us, you know, strengthen us through these hard times and, keep moving forward and stuff. And so um, what's one of the highlights you have working at camp? I know that camp has been a big part of your life. So what's what's a highlight of camp? Well, a highlight is seeing like those uh, annoying kids, I guess, because I know I was one of them and like having them in my cabin because I, I feel like uh, I deserve it <laughs> because of my cabin leaders having to deal with me. But I feel like I'm one of the only cabin leaders who quite enjoy having those kids because I understand them and like I see I I could like see where they're coming from mm-hmm. like why they want that attention. Mm-hmm. 
And so how do you communicate to them? I mean, I know you like to have a lot of fun, but you also share the word with them. So how do you, how do you communicate to them about the hope that you have? Uh, I just listen to like the chapels and I, I try marking down what I should be able to tell them from the chapels and try speaking to them through God through me <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's pretty nice to hear what they have to ask because they do have a lot of questions even though they are just kids yeah and i mean that's how that's how we learn is by asking questions right and so what is uh, i don't know what's something today that you know you want people to know about you you know the success that you've been having in your life and and it hasn't been easy it's not that you have a successful life it's the fact that you have Christ in you and you keep moving forward and so what what's something you would try to encourage the people watching today who maybe have the same story as you that you know that you know things didn't go well parents you know uh, were into drugs alcohol got taken out of the home how would you encourage you know a young person watching today and maybe even a young adult and maybe there's even an adult who you know has been living in addiction as well for a lot of years because uh, they maybe didn't have somebody pouring in them maybe they didn't have bible camp what's something you would encourage that person to with well, i'm gonna go to scripture again i'm gonna be turning to first john 1 9 this is another scripture that's been fairly good in my life as well because i am a sinner just like everyone this verse says but if we if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, whatever, what you do in this life, God will forgive you if you confess. And that's the thing I love about God is that no matter what, He will love you through whatever you do, any sin, anything you've done against Him or against others. You just got to confess to others and to Him and He will love you still and forgive you for all that unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. No, that's so good. So now as you've been going to Bible school, what is your purpose for going to Bible school? What are you hoping to accomplish while you're at school? Well, I'm getting called to a couple of things that I'm hoping I could be able to accomplish, which is either becoming a pastor and pastoring to others around the world or going to become a missionary for NCEM or Ethnos or wherever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being able to go on to my reserve and help them because I feel like my people need help. I will worship even in my darkest times. I'm going to serve you, Lord, with all my heart and all my mind. I will worship for the things you brought me through. I'm gonna serve you, Lord Gonna do my best to honor you Lord, I know It's only faith that makes me move If I fall I will learn to fall on you And to lift my hands and praise all you've done What an encouragement. It's so good to see how Jesus Christ changed Jonathan's life against all odds. Jonathan was able to quit his destructive lifestyle and even attend Bible school to grow spiritually. 
As a young person, perhaps some people have thought you would not accomplish anything. You might even start believing it, and then you don't even try. Then you need to listen to Jordan Fosnoff's message. He comes to tell us about a young man named David who took up the challenge to do what others thought he couldn't do. Hello, my name is Jordan Fosnoff. I'm from Cumberland House Cree Nation. I grew up there my whole life. And uh, today I just want to be talking about a little bit about um, how God can use young people. And the story that we'll be reading today from is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, verses 12, it says this. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephrathite, from Bethlehem in the land of Ju Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brother and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelites' army was leaving for the battle with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelites and the Philistines' forces stood facing each other, army against army. And further down to verse 32, it says, Don't worry about the Philistines, David told Saul. I will go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. It's interesting that David is a young man and he's finding himself uh, fighting in this war against a man who's been, uh, who's been a warrior since his youth. Um, when I think about it, uh, David didn't wake up that morning thinking to himself that he was going to be fighting in a war. Sometimes we feel um, as though God will put us in different situations and difficult situations, but really it's the most ordinary situations that God calls us to. Um, I can remember a time in my life where... Uh, I had the opportunity to become a pastor and I was really scared. I was really afraid of what the future um, had in store for me. Um, and I remember a time where I was asking God, I said, Lord, is this what you really want me to do with my life? Is this um, something that, uh, that you're calling me to? And to make a long story short, I took on the role as being a pastor, and, uh, and I never looked back since. But what started that to where I'm at now was small decisions in everyday life. 
Um, this church never heard about me. They never seen me preach. They didn't know really know who I was. The only thing that they knew was uh, that they got a reference from somebody, uh, one of my friends from Bible school, and they had told the church, they said, we know a guy who can preach. Um, and uh, if you're ever looking for a preacher to preach on the weekends, give him a call. And so one of the ladies from the church called me and said, would you like to come preach for us? And I said, yes, I would love to do that. And as I started to do that, as I started to preach more and more at this church, um, one day they approached me and they said, would you like to be our pastor? And uh, immediately I said no, because I was very afraid. I was very scared and I didn't... Uh, um, I didn't really fully know what they were asking me. I just knew that I really needed to seek the Lord. I really needed to ask for his guidance. And uh, I could honestly say that becoming a pastor, um, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, for me anyways, and, and, I, and I truly believe that it's my calling in life, uh, there's nothing quite like it. Uh, the sense of purpose, the sense of accomplishment, it's all blessings um, that the Lord has put in my life. And I recognize that it's not just um, this huge event that got me to that point. It was just small decisions, small things that led me to where I'm at today. And so we see that in the life of David. Uh, David was... Um, asked by his father to go and check up on his brothers. Uh, his father wasn't asking him to go fight in a war. And David woke up that morning and he didn't think to himself, you know, I'm going to kill a Philistine champion today. You know, David didn't think that at all. Um, he woke up that morning and said to himself, I got to tend the sheep, I got to work the plows, work the fields, you know. Um, and when his father told him to go check up on his brothers, uh, one thing led to another. And so it's those small decisions in life that God can really use us. Um, and he used a farm boy. He didn't use a, somebody who was sophisticated. He didn't use somebody who had been training their whole life. Uh, God used somebody that was so ordinary um, that it even made the king doubt him but we see that you know that he did more than just um show up um, in verses 48 it says as goliath moved closer to attack david quickly ran out to meet him reaching into his shepherd bag and taking out a stone he hurled it with his sling and hit the philistine in the forehead the stone sank in and goliath stumbled and fell down on the ground so David triumphed over the Philistines with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. When we look at the story of David and Goliath, it's a story of the most ordinary boy doing an extraordinary thing because he had faith in God. Um, the belief that God was bigger than this man is what drove him to fight in that war. And I think about 
all the times in my life where so many people, my friends and school teachers and everybody will kind of discourage you to bring you down. They'll kind of want to tell you that you can't do it, that you can't be this person or that you don't have the potential to be somebody. And I would grow up most of my life believing that I couldn't really amount to anything because that was the only message I ever heard. But when I became a Christian and when I started reading the Word of God, I started to learn that God thinks of me in certain ways that I'm not a nobody and that I am somebody, that I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, I have his power living inside of me, the strength to get up, the strength to do what he's called me to do. For instance, I remember uh, I remembered very early on in my ministry that I had to rely completely on the Lord for his strength. The Lord taught me really quickly that if I were to rely on my strength, that I would fail. And I remember some Sundays uh, rushing through my message and thinking to myself, like, oh man, I'm just not really prepared this morning and I don't feel like this message is going to really hit home. And the times where I felt um, completely reliant on God were the times where I felt that the Lord has used me the most. And sometimes it's not always in extravagant situations. Sometimes it can be just an ordinary conversation with somebody. Uh, You know, you run into somebody and you start talking um, and one thing leads to another. And then before you know it, you're inviting this person to come to church where they can hear the word of God and be changed by it. Um, So it's little things like that where the Lord can use somebody, you know, small decisions that can lead to um, huge change in a person's life. God can use anyone. God wants to use you. It doesn't matter if you are young or old, strong or weak, or if you come from a broken home or you've always been pampered. It is only important that you trust in Jesus Christ and want to follow his advice for your life. The story of David that Jordan was reading continues, and it says in 1 Samuel 17, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It is God who works through our lives and who wants to empower us to live a meaningful life. You only need to entrust your whole life to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you want to know more about this, call us. We'd love to hear from you. And we can send material that'll help you to know God better. I've questioned my reasons, this life I'm living. I've questioned my ability to judge wrong from right. I've questioned my things I've ever called certain. My race, my religion, my country, my mind. But the one thing I don't question is you. You love me like you say you do. Yes, the one thing I don't question is you. 
you love me like you say you do Come on and hold me I've questioned significance, meaning and relevance Does the work I'm doing really matter at all? I've questioned my friendships, alliance, dependence who will still be here when I fall But the one thing I don't question is you You really love me like you say you do Yes, the one thing I don't question is you You love me like you say you do Come on and hold me Oh, Jesus, hold me